Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. About to bust a move or a show. Let me get it. If you really Welcome back. This is David and Jason. We're here in Charlotte, North Carolina at Jason's little studio that he built for us. It's actually pretty nice. Yeah, it is. I had to give him a loan, though, because he ain't got no cage. <laughs> well, I'm I just, wish I now use the same studio as our little guest suite when couples come in, entrepreneur couples come in and do their, their little marriage mentorship. All right, hush your mouth. Here we go. <laughs> Six traits of successful people. That's what we're going to talk about today. How do you become successful in every area of life? Well, there are six traits that we have seen uh, as we meet tons of successful people, but really it's rooted in scripture. That's where we are. With with expert ownership, we're not talking about how to just get successful in business. We want you to be successful in all of life, specifically and most importantly, the keys to success in our future life, which is in the kingdom. So Jesus teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, we want heaven to come to earth right now. So there are ways that we can live and succeed in the marketplace. And we're going to talk six ways that you can do just that. So here's what everybody who listens to Expert Ownership Podcast really enjoy is that David does the intro. And then when it comes to content, it's typically me or Eric. (laughs) <laughs> Come on. It's not true. I'm going to give more content than you do. Yeah. You just need to give this list. You're going to talk more than me. <laughs> just give okay, the list. Okay, so now I love this. Okay, you guys ready? If, if, if you're driving a car, don't stop and write anything down. But if you're not, write these down. These are very simple, practical. But if you look at very successful people in whatever endeavor that they have, not just business, but in any, any area, even like Olympic athletes, there are six things that, that definitely – will show you that they're successful. Number one, they get an early start. Ooh. That's easy enough, right? It seems easy. But listen, they jump on things. They don't let things jump on them. They're very proactive. Now, here's what I love about this. If you read the Bible and you read the New Testament about Jesus' life, we know lots of things about Jesus. We know what he did for a living before he went out there for the three years and ran his public vocational ministry. We know that he was a... He was a young man who was very interested in the Word of God, and he wanted to learn from older people. That's when we see him at 12. We know that he was obedient to his parents. You know, when his mom tells him to turn the water into wine, and and it wasn't time yet, but yet out of honor for his mother, which is honoring the fourth commandment, he went ahead and did it. And so, like, we see these things about Jesus. But one thing that we don't see about Jesus except one specific instance that the Bible talks about is we don't see his daily routines. We don't know what Christ's daily routine, we don't know what he did in the afternoon. Obviously, we know he worked, but what did his work look like? Did he, How often did he take breaks? Did he read his Bible on the breaks, or did he have well, a scroll th- with that him? would be the there scriptures. No there was no thing such as the Bible. Yeah, right, but you know, like, what, what did his evening routine look like? We don't, we don't know, except one thing. We know what his morning routine looked like. His morning routine was that he got up while it was still dark, and he spent time with God. He got an early start. That's Mark one thirty-five. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. So we we know that he did that. And now let me ask you this: Was Jesus a success? Yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. 
we have got to get an early start on anything that we do. I do believe it it does start with your day. I do believe it does that that getting up early is very 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 important. Obviously unless you're in a job where you can't, but still if you if you can, getting up while it's still dark is an important thing to do. Well, the key here is front-end discipline. This is t- there are a couple of things that Jason and I want to talk about here. Front-end discipline is the most important thing if you want to get an early start. What do I mean by front-end discipline? When I was a kid, dad would say to Jason and me, "Boys, you know, if you want to be successful athletes, you got to you got to do workouts." And we're like, "Yeah, we'll do it after practice." He goes, "You won't have enough energy after practice. You got to do it before school." And we're like, "Man, that's so early. We leave for school at like 7:30." He said, "You would get up while it's still dark." Jesus did it. And we're like, oh, but we're so tired. And he said, you need front-end discipline. Here's what you need to do. Stop eating before you go to bed. So now we know, we didn't know this then when we were kids, but now we know it takes between three to four hours to digest your last meal, unless you just gorge yourself. It'll take longer than that. But three to four hours to digest your last meal. And that is supposed to be done around 6 or 7 p.m., maybe 8 p.m. at the latest so that when you when you go to bed, your body is still not trying to digest and you can't actually get the kind of sleep you need. When your body is done digesting, now all of a sudden you're entering into rest immediately. You're going into REM sleep faster. It's going to be deeper. And now when you wake up, you feel much more rested and you can get up early. Another thing that we did when we were kids was we would set out our outfits early or in the evening before we would wake up. Because stress is directly tied to the amount of decisions you make on a daily basis, even the little decisions, seemingly insignificant decisions. So go ahead and decide in the evening what you're going to wear. And then we, we had to set out, like I would set out my shoes, I'd throw a pair of shorts. I, quite often as a teenage kid, I would literally sleep in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt and I would get up, throw my shoes on and I was working out. So that was pretty easy. But you also have to set out what you're going to use in your, set your backpack aside. What are you going to wear for the day after you get out of the shower? Those are simple things, but that's all front end discipline that will help you get your butt up early, just like Jesus did. You know, some people are anti-gun. David and I are anti-gunna. If you ever say, yeah, I'm going to do it, don't. You need to be anti-gunna. Just do it. Get Just an early it. start. Be proactive. Do it. Okay, now, that was the first one. But, but that was the first one, and I got one, I got one more point. Sorry, it's so important. Psalm 63, Psalm 63, 1, King David said, Oh, God, you are my God. Early, I will seek you. That's New King James Version. I love that verse. Early, I will seek you. Exodus 16, 21, the children of Israel, when God sent manna, it said God literally sent manna and told them, gather the manna, early in the morning and check this out it says this exodus 16 21 each morning everyone gathered as much as they needed and when the sun grew hot it melted away there is a principle there we always hear the early bird gets the worm but the principle here is that you got to get up why it says in the bible that the mercies of god are new every morning great is your faithfulness your mind is refreshed your muscles are refreshed all of your systems are refreshed on the insides of your body. Hopefully, you've had front-end discipline and not eaten too much at night, so you've gotten a good night's rest. Your body is ready, willing, and able earlier in the day than it is later in the day. So, so that, get up. That's point one. Get, they get an early start. Now, we spent more time on that one because that's the most important one. But point number two, successful people hyper-focus on the task at hand. They're not easily distracted. We hear... Eric Beck, our master coach, CEO at Expert Ownership, talks a lot about this. Probably the best teacher I've ever heard when it comes to distractions. 
but they're not easily distracted. So they, they, they're able to hyper focused or as we like to call it deep work where you get into your flow state and you're so focused on that task at hand. And when you're focused like this, what you get when you're not distracted because distraction is a mild form of anxiety, you know, anxiety Mm. is like a huge thing right now. But not being distracted literally removes anxiety wow. away. I can totally see that. To where you can just hyper-focus on the task at hand. And what happens is when you're that focused, you have that singular effort. You're not you know, diluted in other directions in, in your mind. You get way more power and you get way more done. You know, the key with focus is you have to have the picture in your mind of what you are going to accomplish. Like picture the end of it. Get to the end. In other words, that's that's kind of a vision, but really, let's let's just get this out of scripture. Okay, so in Luke chapter nine, fifty-one through fifty-six, it talks all about Jesus going to Jerusalem, and it says, "When the days drew near for his ascension, he set his face to go to Jerusalem." Now that's a that's actually a look back to Isaiah chapter fifty-six and seven, where the prophet is talking about Christ and it says, I gave my back to those who strike me, my cheek to those who pluck out my beard. I did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting for the Lord God helps me. Therefore I am not disgraced. I have set my chin like a flint and I will not be ashamed. This is what Jesus was talking about. He set his chin like a flint to go to Jerusalem. In other words, he knew what he had to do. And so he focused on it. But the key there is back to Luke chapter 9, where it says, when the days grew near for his ascension, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. The key there, he was looking beyond the crucifixion to the ascension. In other words, he was looking at the glory. He was looking at the goal of what am I going to achieve through this focus. Now, he was focused on something that's horrific and vicious and awful, and thank God he did it and we didn't have to a crucifixion. Ours is not a crucifixion. Ours is just work. Like, what do I have to do today? What is my 5 p.m. going to look like? What is my vacation going to look like? What is my, what are my children going to experience or what, you know, give some simple goals for the day. What is it going to feel like when I'm in the car driving home or when I'm on the plane flying home, when I do what I've got to do. And now you just get rid of all the distractions, set your chin like a flint. In other words, that's hard. Flintstone it's, that's funny, Mr. Flintstone. But flint stone is harder than a diamond, and it is unreal. That means get it done. Eliminate distractions. Be like and Jesus. And you know what? This, this also includes when you go home. When you go home, entrepreneur, be fully there, hyper-focused on the task at hand, which is being there for your spouse, being there for your kids. Okay, do it. That's, that's point number two. Trait number three, successful people. They see the big picture, but they zone in on the small picture. That is so important. So they see the big picture, but then they have the ability to zone in on the small pick. The big pick is the vision for your life with your mission showing you know what, what, where you're going, what you're doing, and why you're doing it, vision, mission. But they have to be able to see that. But if they can't zone in on the small pick and they just think big pick, then they're not going to ever get beyond strategy. They're just going to have strategies. And they're the people that are great at writing business plans, but they don't actually activate on them. Right, so you got to see the big picture, but then zone in on the small, small picture because their only concern is the next thing they need to do to finish, or as as Eric likes to say, when W I N, what's important now? If the building is on fire, yeah, the big picture is get out of the building, but what's important right now? Well, the big, important thing right now is I got to get out of the room that I'm in. 
Well, then I bust out a door and I get it and now I'm in a hallway. Now I'm going to get out of that hallway. That's important now. So the real successful people can see the big picture, but then they think in terms of what's important now. Well, it's, it's important to, to know the difference between strategy and tactics. Strategy is just kind of like that bigger vision. Like this is strategic, but tactics are what am I doing literally right now? What are the things that I need to do to accomplish that strategic vision? So that's very important. So what we're talking about here is we're saying that you can channel in and look specifically at, at those small. You have the ability to do that, but you don't stay there. Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people perish. There's a, there's a story of an air, I remember, it's an airliner back in the 70s, and it crashed and killed a few hundred people. They couldn't figure out why they crashed. And when they recovered the black box, they realized, okay, so the pilots had channel visioned on, I don't think it was the gas gauge. There was a gauge that wasn't working correctly. So they stopped looking at the altimeter. So they stopped looking at their altimeter. In other words, they didn't get back and look at the whole dashboard. They ignored the altimeter, the, the out, you know, controlling your altitude. And they were focused on this one instrument, and they could not get it working. The next thing you know, slowly but surely, their altitude got to a point where they couldn't recover, and the plane crashed. So that is without a vision. In other words, you got to pull your head back. you got to look at the whole dashboard, which ties us back into point number two. You got to have a picture. You know, if you're going to focus, you got to have a picture of what you're going to accomplish. You got to have a vision, not only for your for your business, but also for your family and then for your body and for your spiritual growth and your financial horizon. Like, what's that picture look like? I've got multiple pictures in my head of, of the things that I'm going to focus on. But then you've got to, you got to, when you look back at the picture, you're like, okay, we're heading in the right direction. Now, whoo, you hone in on those small tactics, yeah. what's important now, and you hyper focus and you will succeed. Yes, it's really good. Point four, the fourth trait of a successful person. And this is very practical. They're organized. That's it, man. Just I need to see organization. You know, if if you're if I'm going to find myself a successful entrepreneur. Now, I'm not saying that you have to always be clean. Sometimes your desk is messy. I get, but with your personal space and your mind space, you've got to be organized. And and there is something to someone who does have an organized workspace that really helps them feel more fulfilled when they're accomplishing their task and they're nicer when they're accomplishing it they're they're they're, they seem to be a little more pleasant because their stuff is in order you know almost every entrepreneur that i've met that's built something of like serious significance actually everyone that i've met yeah that's built something of serious significance i'm not saying they just they're not slobs but they, they really have they've got employees they've got their ducks in a row their their office space is clean it's clean. It's put in order. I think of our our the guy who owns our CrossFit gym, Steve Pinkerton. I mean, he's built probably one of the largest CrossFit gyms in the world, and he's uber successful. And you walk into his office, everything has its place. Well, you think you ask yourself, when's the last time you walked into a, a resort or a hotel and it was just nothing but chaos, or it was completely disordered and weeds are growing? There's no relaxation there. Or when's the last time you walked into a fire station and it was just dumpy and trashy? See, the thing is, is that when we want to succeed, there has to be order. Now, where do we get this from? Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Now the earth was formless and void. Empty darkness covered the surface and the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. In other words, it was empty and void. There's a word there that says chaos. 
And then, but here's the, here's the thing. It was formless, empty, dark. That was what it was like. But the verse doesn't stop there. It goes, then God said, boom. And guess what God did? You In the midst order. of chaos, he brought order. I say this to my kids all the time. Your room looks like before God spoke. <laughs> yeah. Everything that we do, we want to be God-like, Christ-like, right? Christ is God. And so he ordered, he brought order out of chaos. That does not mean perfection. That does not mean if you got a messy workspace for a moment that you're not doing the right. No, sometimes it's very good to make a mess. You know, where the manger is, where the oxen are few, the manger is clean. Like the, the oxen are, your workload is going to get messy at times. But you have to bring order. You cannot be a person of chaos. And one of the first things that God did in creation when he brought order was he brought separation. He separated the land from the water. He separated the, you know, the sky from the land. So he separated these things. And then he separated male from female. So separation comes in. So if you're not organized, then you need to start separating things out. Well, this goes here. Good. This does not go there. We need to create clear lines of separation. And, and it's important on your desk, make sure there are clear lines of separation between your paperwork and whatever else the stuff you got. Otherwise, it's not going to help you become the true success that you can be. Now, that's point number four. They're organized. Point number five, they're self-aware. They know what motivates them and how to get into their flow state. Mm. Now, when I say self-aware, well, I'm talking to kingdom believers here. I'm talking to kingdom entrepreneurs. The, the key to being self-aware for us is to be God-aware. Yes. When God, as my creator, knows me better than I know me. I need to be in on his game. I need to be all about him. And then he's going to reveal me to myself. Well, that's why in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, the Lord tells us, test yourself or examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. He goes, test yourself to see if you're in the faith. Examine yourselves. And then Galatians 6, 4 says, but each one must examine his own work. If we're not, if we're not self-aware, if we're not looking in and examining ourselves, as God tells us, like, look at the fruit. Are you producing fruit? You know, the, the, the test of a true faithful person is not your impact. It's the fruit that's coming out of your life. So the Lord tells us to do that. We got to do the same thing in the marketplace. Yeah. That, so they're self-aware. That's point number five. Well, what about this Harvard Business Review yeah. clearly said when they did, they referenced a study that was done on the most successful people in the world. And this is thousands and thousands of uber successful people. And they concluded the top 10 characteristics or the top 10 traits of these people and the number one trait and jason and i often open up business conferences when we're speaking about this we're like what do you think the number one business or trait of successful people is and according to the harvard everybody's you know character you know or discipline boldness whatever and harvard business review concluded that it was self-awareness that yeah. was number one the harvard business Review actually posted the article about that but that self-awareness was number one it helps you in business so much it's not even funny okay that's that's trait number five trait number six and this is so important of successful people they don't complain mm. you see they do not complain complainers are entitled people you know people that get up they get an early start they hyper focus on the task at hand they see the big picture they zone in the small picture they're organized they're self-aware those type of people do not complain because they know that they are the masters of their destiny God gives us the ability to make decisions that control what we will experience as a ter in terms of our results. They don't complain. Now, here's something that's very important as you read the scripture. In the Old Testament, the people who got killed by God were the complainers. Ooh. 
That's hard. You know, people grumble and they complain. Next thing you know, you got leprosy breaking out and you got you, the earth opens the its mouth and swallows entire families. Like, don't complain. Why? Because that slaps God in the face. Well, and thank God that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God, which is an amazing thing. And so we don't have that anymore. But That's in right. Philippians 2, 14 and 15, it says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Here's the key. So that you may be blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine as lights in the world. That is the key. And the key here in Ephesians 5, it says, if you're not going to complain, do it. You, you just need to be thankful. Because that com- is the key. Complaining slaps God in the face, and we don't want to do that. And we want God as our business partner. Remember, we're talking to kingdom entrepreneurs here. God is your business partner. He is the majority owner. He has given you ownership in your business as managing partner. Okay, You need to listen to him and do not complain. Instead, give thanks. Yeah. List exactly it all out. Right. Uh, you got so much to be thankful for. And what Jason and I have to be thankful for is that we are selling out at our Vail retreat in October. It's going to be absolutely amazing in Vail, Aspen, Colorado. You know what I'm most We're at the Ritz-Carlton. We have an executive chef coming in. We're doing wellness. That's There's going to be say. hikes. Other it, than Eric's amazing teaching and, and Richard coming in and helping us out. The thing that I'm really excited about is this executive chef we have coming in. Yeah, she is <laughs> She's on. awesome. Her food is so good. Oh my okay, gosh. but go to expertownership.com. You're going to see a, a pop-up for the Vail Retreat. Go there. Bring your spouse. We're at the Ritz-Carlton. It's going to be amazing, and there are going to be successful people. I just had three guys well, reach out to me. we're not bringing our spouses well, but we can't bring ours, but solid. a lot of people are bringing theirs. Yeah, if you want so, to bring it, bring them. Yeah, bring them. And, and it's exciting because I, I just had three guys reach out to me and they, you know, independently and they're all coming in and it's just the level of the level of success that's going to be in that room is we got guys that are coming in that are literally controlling hundreds of millions of dollars in assets and all sorts of stuff. And, and yet we, we want to pool our resources. We want to advance the kingdom. We do not want to just sit back and get wealthy. I'm tired of watching another stinking Instagram Real of these dudes walking off planes in slow motion or burning a Lambo because they're all so rich. Big freaking deal. What does it profit a man if you gain the whole world and forfeit your yeah. soul? Well, you know what? That's a great lead in for own it or loan it. Okay, I'm going to do own it or loan it because now it's starting to get cool and it's feeling really good outside. The fall is upon us, which is the best time of year. Own it or loan it, NFL football. Oh. <sighs> You know, unfortunately, I'm going to loan it, but I will absolutely own it college football. Yeah, that's where I was going next. Own it or loan it college football. Own that sucker. Yeah, because colleges actually have a vision. You're like, you're fighting for your campus. You're you're yeah, fighting for your great. people, and there's heritage, and there's legacy, and there's booster club, and there's family, and there's tradition. NFL has pretty much, unfortunately, lost all that yeah. once they got so woke they lost yeah. their brains well all right i can't deal with the nfl That's too many today. entitled people six traits of successful people listen rate review subscribe share or die or don't <laughs> you know and don't forget impact over income but if you can get both let's do it meet us in veil and we'll show you how